0: Let's Get Growing is live streamed Saturday mornings on the Urban Gardener YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, so be sure to come join us for all the great gardening conversations.
1: Welcome, Welcome, gardeners.
2: I'm I'm Amy.
3: I'm Lily. I'm Alice. And I'm Anthony we're from Dorchester, England.
2: And you are watching Since the Urban, Urban Gardener, Gardener channel. channel. Now let's,
1: let's
0: get, get growing. <laughs> All right, welcome, gardeners, to Let's Get Growing, your weekly gardening live cast right here on the Urban Gardener Channel. I'm Enoch, and I'm going to be your host of today's show. We've got a really, really exciting show for you today. Today, All of our guests are joining us from across the world over in the United Kingdom. We've got three really, really great guests with you. Our featured guest today is Tony O'Neill of Simplify Gardening. And um, we've got uh, Jason from the Cloud Gardener UK going to be joining with us here. And we're also following Dr. Rachel Greenhill at Rachel's Allotment on Instagram. So be sure to stay tuned for all of these really great guests that we have coming up here on the show. Now, if you are joining with us live, be sure to give us a big thumbs up, hit that like button, and also be sure to hit the subscribe button, the bell notification to be notified of our upcoming uh, live streams and episodes on the Urban Gardener channel, as well as Share with your friends, share with all your garden friends and your garden groups. Help us get the word out about our really great Let's Get Growing live show that we have here on the Urban Gardener channel. And be sure to join with us in the chat box if you're here with us live. Ask some questions, leave some comments, and we'll get to all of those here in just a little bit later on in the show, as well as... um, uh, checking out our website at letsgetgrowing.live and there you can uh, find a way to get involved if you want to share a garden story you want to do an audience introduction you can go to the get involved tab at the top of our page there as well as going down to the bottom and signing up for our upcoming newsletter so really great to have all of you along with us here today and, um, again, like I mentioned, we had a really great show, uh, all of our shows basically based out of England and, uh, going can be checking out some really great guests here coming up as well too. I did want to actually right at the top of the show, go over our question of the week. Our question of the week, um, is what do you like most about organic gardening? So if you're joining with us, again, if you're joining with us live, get over in the chat box. Let us know what you enjoy most about organic gardening. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show as well, too. And also, again, too, a shout out to all of the replay uh, watchers to get down in the comments below and leave us some comments and let us know what you think of our show. As today is our 10th show, we've already hit double digits. Yes, yes. We've had some really great guests along with us so far on our new show. Uh, like uh, we started with our good friend Wendy Fan for our first show. It was really great conversation we've had with us Gardner Scott, Greg Peterson, Bevan Cohen, Scott Head, um, even had uh, Jared Gettle, the founder of the Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, and a couple of authors with us, Lamanda Joy and Karen Hugh. and also last week we kind of had with us Nick Federoff. If you didn't get a chance to check out that show, that was pretty fun. It was bound to happen when you're doing a live show, anyways. Is that you know something's about to go, you know, kind of go off the racks or the the rails just a little bit you know so we kind of were wondering whether or not that would happen and last week it did happen so <laughs> still a really great show though too we had with us um we had with us um uh, a really great uh, instagrammer Uh, my serene garden Laura Smith joined with us and we had a really great conversation with her as well too and that's another thing with our show we've had a lot of other really great great guests from Instagram and our channel of the week segments which have been really great we've had other you know um, bloom where you planted ox heart gardening Wisconsin vegetable gardener we had with us uh, growing with Nathan he was a really fun conversation and um Yeah, and some Instagrammers like Julia D'Amico's Hook and Garden, Um, my uh, Little Green Shoot. And uh, the Homesteading RD, Sisters in the Garden, Gingerfoot Gardener, and others as well, too. So we've had some really awesome guests. And if you haven't had a chance yet to check out some of our other shows, be sure to go check out our live stream catalog at at the homepage of our channel here. And check out some of those really great guests. We do also, after the show's over and throughout the week, Uh, after the show we do kind of cut this different segments out and put them out individually as individual videos so if you just want to check out you know some of our other guests uh, and segments from the show you can check those out as well too on our homepage on the channel as well too so i hope everybody's having a really great saturday so far you've been able to get out and do some really good gardening here locally we've been dealing with like a little short heat wave that kind of hit us here in southern oregon and kind of throughout the pacific northwest as well too i think we reached up to like 94 degrees here in late april so it's kind of like a little pre-summer tease for us but it was also a really great opportunity to be able to get out and really get some things going in the garden i've got all sorts of uh plants uh seeded out and ready to get going in the garden just as soon as we know that we're safe For our last frost date, which I think is coming up here in the next day or two, we should have enough of a look into the uh, forecast to be able to make that final decision. Do we plant or do we wait? And I think this year it's a we plant year. So I think we're going to be getting on that real soon. So hopefully for all of you out there, too, who are listening watching, you're able to get out and get some things planted, you know, all of our All of our favorites, you know, the tomatoes and peppers and all of that, you know, just waiting for it to get just a little bit warmer. But I think that's about where we're at. We're pretty good when that goes. So uh, I'm getting excited about getting the whole garden going. So, um, yeah. And uh, let's see here. Um, Usually what we have for our in the garden segment, Mark usually films us a nice little garden lesson or so. But... Here today for what is our 10th show and actually going to be our not necessarily final show but it's kind of the final show of our what we call the spring season of the show. So we will be taking a week or two off from the actual show. But I did actually want to let you know that I will be joining with everybody. We'll do a kind of a one-on-one live stream this next week. And then the week after that, I believe the 13th of May, we will do a live stream with my friends Christopher Bransdahl from Norway. He'll be joining with us along with another friend of mine, Kang Star of the Pepper Lovers group will be joining with us as well too and we're kind of just have kind of a spring, you know, kind of conversation about what we got growing on and we'll just be available to answer questions and all that sort of stuff too as well. So we will have live streams in the next week or two, but our next show for Let's Get Growing will be I believe May 20th so that's when you can look forward to us getting our summer season started for the show with lots more really great guests for all of you as well too so let's check in with mark in the garden All right. All right. Joining with us live hey, today, Nick. we have Mark joining. How you doing, Mark?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's good to be with you, as always.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So again, as I was just mentioning to everybody, we are kind of on our final show of what we call our spring season of the let's get growing show and so we brought you on live to talk about what we've been covering over the last 10 shows and uh, maybe talk a little bit about what's happening here in the future as far as the in the garden segment
2: yeah we have ranged from you know it felt like the depths of winter when we started indeed it was you know i think we were just shortly after the flower and garden show, we get, we get the first uh, series of episodes going and man, it was, it was cold. Nothing was going, uh, started, I remember started talking about mentors and and motivations and then, uh, did something in the grow room. So it was, it was a lot about the indoor scene. And then, you know, little by little, we've been building some of the skills, the backyard composting, uh, I personally have been using that compost as part of my soil mix so it's been it's been going in everything I've been planting. We talked about stock in the pantry and up on the noble rot uh actually where I am right now I'm I'm one deck down uh, but I'm uh, going to be scrambling up there after again because uh as you mentioned we've got this little heat wave right now hitting us and kind of it's the first slap of heat it's like whoa waking up waking up to what's what's to come. Um uh, Yes. Anyway, stock in the pantry, you know, one thing I, I was just using this morning uh, just before I came down here is these uh, yellow uh, marking tags that I got just a big crate of them, a big case. And those are just great because I, I got a, I got some waterproof nursery markers and I'm just labeling everything I'm planting today. I'm planting a bunch of herbs and, you know, now all the chefs, it's got bright yellow. I got the, the painted steaks. Uh, this time so the chefs are just going to be able to see what it is know exactly what the herb or spice or vegetable they're grabbing so you know that was a great move just having all that stuff at the ready because again like once you get into the season it's barely any time to think right you just you're just That's kind of right. on the go so anyway, right <clears throat> stock in the pantry trying to anticipate what all the needs are and again like this little heat wave might give us just that impetus to like start thinking about summer. What do I need for summer? What do I need to have ready? That way we're not we're not chasing when it finally does come. Um, we did something on hand tools again up at the rot. Some of my favorite hand tools, uh, yeah. including standard garden tools, of course, and then some surprises like stuff you'd get at Home Depot from the from the concrete section or from the uh, drywall section. Some good tools yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, my famous little drywall knife that I love so much for, yes. for uh, leveling the bed. I think that's one beds. of my favorites. Dang, yeah, that's, that's, one a, of my that's favorites. a great tool. I, I'm always reaching for that thing. Unconventional
0: um, garden tools.
2: Exactly. So you should, you know, cruise mm-hmm. the aisles. Next time you're in the big box stores, cruise the aisles and look, just ask yourself, could this be useful for gardening? Um, we talked about uh, direct seeding versus transplanting. And, you know that's. I'm still right in that right now. Certain things I'm raising as transplants, obviously the bigger stuff, the long season stuff, like the tomatoes, the eggplant, the peppers, but there's just certain strategic decisions where something like kale or some other greens, you could direct seed it, you could transplant it. And there's reasons for both. So we kind of went Mm -hmm. through some of the pros and cons of each system. And um, that's useful to just, just there's like, in so many things in gardening, Enoch, you know, this, there's no one right answer necessarily. There's a lot That's of ways right. to do it. And there's a lot of uh, advantages and disadvantages to each system. So I think as yes. you mature in gardening, you just become more aware of that and you can make a, a better decision. You know, like when I started out, I just, the, the the thing I learned, that was my system. That was my world. And I thought that was yeah. the only way to do it. And now I've learned there's a lot of different ways to do things. So. <clears throat> And that's what keeps it exciting. We keep learning. I mean, that's what this program is so great about is that uh, we just have all you're, you're bringing all these people together and telling us about their different systems, telling us about their practices, telling us about their history and their funny stories and just sharing all that learning and wisdom. So that's a real service you got going to the garden community.
0: Yes, yes. It's something we've been really enjoying about the show. As I was Talking about it's been going really great getting to talk to all of these different people. As I mentioned, I didn't even get to mention everybody who's actually been on the show so far in our first 10 episodes. And I think that's one of the things, like you said, that makes it really great is to just be able to get kind of some background, some story from people who are gardening all over the place. I think that's probably one of the biggest yeah. Gif- is when it comes to what we're doing how we're doing things in the garden is usually where we are our location you know mm-hmm. is plays a big role in what we're capable or what we're able to do and what we're capable of uh, putting into our gardens and uh, so to be able to talk with different people from different places and kind of get an idea of what they're doing is really kind of helpful when it comes to uh, what other people are planning for their gardens as well
2: oh absolutely um, and then just kind of recapping the last couple of weeks that we or we were talking about uh, soil blocks. That was so exciting to oh, yeah. to, <laughs> to share that. And then and then just making the balls with with my hands. You know the balls of soil. Um Since that episode, yeah, I, I love that. A, I love that idea. Yeah, I started experimenting with transplanting too. I just take so I take a literally like half of of uh, a handful of soil. I'd lay. I grow all my peppers and tomatoes just so I throw a bunch of seeds in a pot. So I'll get like 20 or 30 sprout up. And then when I'm ready to transplant, I, I pull it out of the pot. I uh, wash down the roots just so I can get them out bare root. And then I literally lay one of those directly on the soil that I have cupped in one hand. And I take another half ball in my other hand, cup them together, make that same snowball that I made at the end of the video. And those are turning out great too. So I get these peppers encased in a ball of soil a freestanding ball it's, not super yes. easy. it's just like no you know pots i did i talked about the uh, the coconut pots and stuff there's lots of alternatives to plastic but the best alternative is no pot at all because you don't have to buy it you don't have to worry yes. about having it in stock it's just like when you run out it's like oh i got my hands i got the soil mix good ready to go
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. That was really great. I wasn't expecting that when you were talking about doing soil blocks and (laughs) I saw you put that together at the end. I thought that was just genius. What a great. It's it's very
2: liberating. Plus, it's very playful. So it's kind of fun. Um, Yes. And then last time, you know, I was still, I remember, like, I was still dressed up in my scarf. And like a winter hat because it was cold when I was talking about uh, no-till and and discussing, yeah. you know, what what that's about and why we might not want to till our gardens. And then just showing how I use a flamer sometimes to do that no-till system and keep the weeds down. But, yeah. you know, it was like just that was just like last week. It was cold. It was really cold. <laughs> and here we are in T-shirt now and kind of out and getting the first taste of summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely so yeah and the no-till stuff was really great i love the you know the idea of using the flamer and using the flame to you know burn off all of those weeds and weed seeds and all of that too another great idea and lots of things um, one of the things again too as i mentioned that you know all of our segments are cut out so everybody can watch just just the segments so if anybody's watching want to check out some of those things that uh, mark's been talking about reviewing and you haven't seen one of those in the garden segments we've got them all on our homepage on the channel there too so you can go back and check out some of those too lots of really great information mark but i have to say you know, one of the, you know is that uh um you know one of the things we have to let everybody know is that uh this was pretty much going to be your last appearance for a little while because you've got some issues going on and i just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit you know to let everybody know that you know as we move forward that uh, you know hopefully we're going to get you back real soon but uh you know, yeah i was gonna we say really that... love your segment people have been really enjoying all of the great information that you've been uh, you know uh sharing with all of us here on the let's get growing show but, uh, you know, life takes us in other directions and we have to make certain decisions. And, uh, you know, I think I'll give you a moment to kind of share that with the audience there, too.
2: Well, I was going to say on a humorous note, before I get serious, uh, if if this was a television series, I'd probably be getting killed off right now. Something would be happening to me. So, <laughs> you know, I wasn't yeah. able to film like a dramatic uh, uh, interpretation of that up at the ROT getting taken right. out while... Well, by a crow or something, but uh, <laughs> I'd be I'd be dying and on my way out of the series. No, but I do. I am taking a step back. Uh, you know this, but I'll tell folks. Uh, my wife has cancer, so we're just dealing with that right now, and there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding that in the future. So we just I just need to focus in on the home life for a while. You know, gardening has its own demands, and I'm just going to be scrambling to try to keep everything else afloat. So. Going to pull back from a few commitments. This is one I'm sad to pull back from, though, because it's it's really fun uh, working with you, Enoch. I really I love your vision. Uh, I, you know, you're just one of the most connected guys in the gardening world that I know. Uh, I, I I love that we met up with the noble rod many years ago and have continued our friendship and through gardening and through life. So we yeah. will stay in touch I do hope to film an episode here and there as more maybe more of a, a one-off thing over time yeah. and as life settles back down we'll we'll settle back into the garden with NBC but for right now MBC's taken out for a little bit so thanks to yeah. all who watched and uh, you know you can stay in touch through my Instagram that's uh, I'll still be putting up really short things there and uh, just letting people know what I'm up to
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, and, uh, you know, you know, uh, hopefully everything goes well with all of this, the stuff that you're dealing with with your wife and all of that, too, you know, um, and uh, we're all thinking about you here. At Let's get growing, and again, too, you know, look forward to having you back here and there, you know, whether we pop you on for a little live chat or, you know, you film us some really cool information when it comes along and you just have to share it with us shoot us a video and we'll share it with everybody else as well too so you know we look forward to being able to see you a little bit more later on but we definitely understand that you know this is one of those situations in life where you've got to really focus on what's going on at home
2: yeah you know and i heard some of your other guests over over the time this stuff just happens you know sometimes people are just like uh i i forget the guy who is uh impressive guy from new jersey or something he grows like 700 tomatoes a thousand peppers or who is that guy
0: oh yes uh joseph uh, garden state gardener i think he might be in the chat room with us right now too no
2: and i was i was impressed with him and 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 yet i also heard like in his story like you know i was getting ready for the season and then i had some medical some my daughter or something had some medical problems and i had to scrap it so it's just like these are the you know we're especially with gardening it's such a it's such an all-consuming passion it's something we're so excited about and yet there's just times in our lives as it, health is one of them where when when these things strike and you just kind of have to get through the season and realize yeah. hey i'm gonna have another round i'm gonna have another turn at this it's it's not not all is lost so that's the kind of the attitude i'm trying to take it's like right now my focus needs to be at home and mm-hmm. uh we we'll, I'll do I'll do some of this other extra stuff later. We'll we'll be back.
0: Yep, yep. Again too is a, uh similar. I uh, always uh analogize uh, gardening with baseball, you know, is some <laughs> some seasons, you know, you just got other things going on and don't work out that well, but there's always more seasons ahead. You know, it's, so hopefully it, everything's going to go really great as far as everything with your wife. And, you know, she comes out with this, comes out of this uh, really good. And we can get you back on the show and, and continue forward with what our original vision was.
2: Yeah, we're keeping a positive mindset. And thank you. Yeah. And I just want to finish up by saying it's, you know, these these 10 weeks, just being able to start the show with you. And, uh, you know, having you ask me to do the segment's been a super big honor And uh, really, really glad to have given this show a boost because I really believe in it. And uh, I'll keep following and keep benefiting from all the all the incredible information you're putting out there, Enix. So thank you. And thanks to Aisha and Michelle too, who have been playing those crucial, crucial roles backstage.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right right back there for sure
2: yeah <laughs> the, team, you know, the team you know what it's like without them because aisha was sick when, uh, one uh one time oh right? yeah asia asia yeah 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 trying <laughs> to trying me. to
0: have me control the i could yeah
2: yeah you had that panicked look on your face that whole episode like how was my support
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i definitely told her i says i don't know how i could do this without you <laughs> exactly yeah
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to let you get on to your, to your guests across the pond Absolutely. here the nighttime, the nighttime gardeners. While we're in the day, they're they're getting ready for bed, but I'm sure it's going to be. Yeah, I know.
0: They're all, they're all in their evening right now as we're getting our day started here on the west coast of the U.S. Yeah. They're all heading towards darkness in the U.K. So Hopefully there won't be too many them.
2: yawns right. from them. I mean, <laughs> not from your listeners, but.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Mark. Awesome! Really, thank Enoch, you so much pleasure, for everything you've done with this, and we really look forward to being able to see you here coming
2: up real soon. All right, yeah. thanks a lot, Enoch. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Thank you, and thanks to all of the viewers. Appreciate it. All
0: right, Mark. Awesome. All right. Right. Yes. Yes. So all of our thoughts and prayers here from Let's Get Growing and all of our viewers out there to Mark and his family. We hope everything uh, works out well and that, uh, you know, she'll be back on her feet and Mark will be back in the garden and uh, doing all of the great things. Here in time, what we'll be doing is uh, probably doing... You know, I'll go and film some in-the-garden segments. I think we might even get our producer, Asia, out into the garden and share with some gardening knowledge with all of you as well, too, as we move on into our summer season. So look forward to all of that. You know, we'll keep on uh, uh, moving forward with that segment and kind of keep it, uh, I guess what you'd say, keep the seat warm for Mark for later on so he can come back and uh, help... Uh, fill us with all of his great garden knowledge he's got so much uh so he's really knowledgeable i think he should write a book about all the things that he does i've tried to talk him into doing that many times but uh it's great to have had him for our last 10 episodes so with that i think we'll move on now to our instagram segment are are you are, are, are you following me are you following me dude This week on Are You Following Me, we have with us Dr. Rachel Greenhill. Uh, Almost five years ago, Rachel moved to Sheffield to attempt to further her career by studying for a PhD in plant biology specializing in crop improvement, specifically a parasitic weed devastating agriculture in sub-Saharan Africa. It's been a long journey of endless coding, windowless basements and literature reviews but she found that the best and most rewarding part of her work was actually growing the plants themselves. She took on a small allotment in 2019 and ended up spending all of her free time tending the land and has never looked back since. Rachel grows all sorts of vegetables and flowers while the scientist in her loves an experiment she's experienced the lows of losing polytunnels to storm damage and crops to pests yet the garden still makes her feel ever optimistic the joy she feels growing plants and sharing her journey has been worth every tear and she can't wait to see how she can build this into her future so awesome it's really great to have with us from sheffield Doctor Rachel Greenhill. How does that sound? Doctor, huh?
1: I know. I, I still can't believe it to be honest. <laughs> it's uh it's crazy that only this week it's uh it's all well, pretty much finalized and yeah, I'm like an I'm an actual doctor
0: but not the
1: sort that you want on a an airplane so
0: yeah right (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. won't be much use in that (laughs) yeah yeah if they're yelling is there a doctor in the house you're not going to be raising your hand right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah unless they want me to talk about plant diseases or something but yeah probably not
0: (laughs) all right well let's talk about what sort of doctor you are a doctor in plant biology what's uh what gained your interest in uh you know uh moving that direction as far as a profession
1: um i mean i i started off gardening when i was quite young um you know my mum would get me out in the garden doing the weeding just the the basic sort of things that every child has to do for chores but um (laughs) yeah i suppose um i started my first job uh first proper job at a rubber company so i was actually a scientist um i was I was basically working on rubber trees in the UK okay. so we didn't actually have any of the trees with us um right but we we had some seeds and you know we rubber trees are very very hard to grow especially in the UK with the, the climate is just not the one um, right. but yeah I, I started growing from there really um and then I did a master's and um, started growing tobacco which is like um a sort of uh scientific plant nothing, nothing yeah. recreational about it um right, and, right. Uh, wheat that sort of thing um but yeah it wasn't until I moved to Sheffield when I started my PhD and it's it's a lovely area here so yeah. I uh we're surrounded by the Peak District so there's loads of big mountains and hills and just it's a beautiful area yeah. and um I just wanted to be outside more uh so i I registered for an allotment and yeah, I've just been doing it for a good few years now, but I'd, I'd never go back. <laughs> I just love right. being outside too much. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got enough of being stuck indoors with all the studying and everything, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I would recommend a PhD to anyone. Um, I don't know if it's worth <laughs> the stress, but. Um, it's a lot yeah. of work, huh? Absolutely. Um, my A lot of the work that I did on my PhD is based in these uh, sort of controlled environment chambers. So you imagine you go underground in this sort of bunker sort of area. You've got um, these—it's just propagation chambers basically. Um, But you've got irrigation systems, bright lights, and yeah. I mean, at least you've got at least you've got light. You might not have natural sunlight, but (laughs) yeah. Um, But yeah, I spent days and weeks and months down
0: there so right um yeah but i'm, I'm fed up with that now so outside. that's right yeah. right yeah. exactly so let's talk a little bit about allotments for those watching us in the states allotments are pretty much what we call community gardens i think here in the states um, yeah let's talk a little bit about your allotment how did how did you come across or where you know that sort of uh mm-hmm. do you have to like get on a waiting list or is there sort of There's i mean public... it's a
1: it's a question i get all the time from because I, I mean i have uh, quite a few followers around the world to be honest um yeah but yeah it's pretty much a sort of piece of land that you rent from the local council like the local government um and i only pay it's it's not very much i think m- mine is quite expensive for based in the, the countrywide sort of uh rates but it's about 80 pound a year uh okay. which is probably similar dollars wise but right. yeah you you rent this piece of land and it's solely for the purpose of growing fruit vegetables flowers that sort of thing uh so you have to use it for that you can have structures like greenhouses uh polytunnels sheds ponds uh it depends yeah. on uh, different sites but yeah, um, I applied for mine just after I arrived here, and I was put on the waiting list. And I think after three months, I got my my half plot, which is uh, I think it's 110 square meters. So I'm not sure what that okay. is in yards. Right, and, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, for all um, of us and our uh, yeah <laughs> feet and yards that we go by here. But yeah. it's a pretty good sized space, though, right?
1: It's it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. definitely um it, yeah. yeah it's been really good but I I have I was only on the waiting list for for three months but a lot of people wait five years ten years sometimes depending yeah. on the site so I think yeah. I was very lucky
0: I've and heard then, about that as far as like you know a community garden plots and so around this around the states just kind of depends on where you're yeah. at but some yeah. places the waits can be like a lot years even yeah
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Well, good I thing think, you only had to wait three months. didn't?
1: I know. I think because I applied pre-pandemic as well, so I think that helped because with, you know, the COVID situation, everyone wanted to get outside as much as possible. And right. uh, in the UK, we had these sort of little bubbles. So, um, right. you know, we could go to our allotments or, you know, spend loads of time in the garden.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah as as much time outside as people could get really um so yeah it, I, I think well, i was kind of lucky everyone
0: then to be able to come across that at that time
1: yeah yeah be able to
0: have that available for you know that time when uh you know when everybody's you know limited on what they're capable of doing you're actually able yeah. now to get out and and do something that's you know just really great you know gardening really helped me out a lot during that period of time as well too you know i did a lot of it
1: yeah i bet your garden never looked better than in 2020 exactly
0: exactly it got more attention from me than it usually does yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so what are all the sort of things that you grow there in your allotment what what are some of the
1: god i bet you um, you can grow
0: a lot of different stuff huh
1: yeah i mean i I don't know i mean my climate I, i think i I'm about a uh, zone eight B or something like that. I think.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: a... So it's not too bad, but we we do get frosts, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But and my my last frost date is probably end of May, something like.
0: That sort of area. But, yeah, yeah, I think um, I think I'm a eight B here as well too, in southern oh, England. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it, I can grow anything really. Um i'll
0: yeah
1: the the things that i've struggled with most are probably melons because heat right <laughs> and yeah. um yeah uh celeriac but i don't know why i just can't grow it but yeah really so, melons well, and celeriac.
0: <laughs> yeah the celeriac i am actually trying for the first time this year i had a friend of mine give me some plant starts recently All right, some of yeah. them they're just about to go out into the garden right now yeah so as we're a, again approaching we're, we're we're debating right now this is the big debate time of the year do I go ahead and start putting things in the ground or do I wait for my last frost day and we've uh, had some yeah. temperatures and some weather around here that are like you know what I think I'm just gonna go for it because yeah, the forecast yeah. looks like that we're getting close enough to our last frost date, you know, with some really good overnight temperatures in the 40s. So I think, yeah, I think it might be go time for <laughs> us this year. But again, yeah. it's a big debate every year do, oh, I, do I, I do it or do I not? Yeah.
1: I, I, you'll see me probably at like 11 p.m. at night running with a big cloth or like a just um, fleece <laughs> over to my plants just. Cover them as quickly as possible. Yeah, the just to
3: the make sure.
1: yeah, as soon as I spot that the the temperature's changing. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm very much just bung it in the ground and see what happens. You know, like what yeah. the worst that's gonna happen is the plants die. But that's I mean right. I, I I usually have a million spares anyway that I'm never gonna do anything with. So
0: it's not the right. end of the All- yeah. Always seed more than you need that way, you know, just in case something happens, something goes yeah. wrong. Yeah. You know, it's it's also a good strategy for getting ahead of the growing season, too, is to have some extras on the side just in case. But if everything works out, those original yeah. ones will have a good head start on everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. definitely. But uh, I, I awesome. think the, the
1: the biggest thing that I like to grow is probably tomatoes and sunflowers I think they're they're the main two that I I grow well I think what I like to think
0: yeah 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 uh, in fact that was going to be one of the questions I asked was going to ask you about you have uh, you're putting on like a little event for your Instagram page the <laughs> sunflower grow along you want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah well it's just a little um so, something interactive uh for the past couple of years I've just done sort of a little grow along with my followers and um yeah I think sunflowers are one of those flowers that are just the they're really easy to grow or I yeah. I, I like to think they're easy to grow and they're yeah. just so rewarding Um and because the whole neighborhood can see them you know from like yeah. miles off you'll grow really tall ones and you'll you'll always get comments and yeah, I just yeah, think not only um, can
0: your not only can your whole neighbors see them, but if you're growing them pretty successfully, next year they might have some of their own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the birds find a way to spread those seeds all over the place. Absolutely. You know, so every every year now I get volunteers of sunflowers popping yeah. up all over the place. Yeah, I try to keep yeah. them in one space because I think it looks great, you know, with them yeah. growing in this one area and all of that. But yeah. I'll find them all the way out in the front, you know, which is, you know, way away from where they should, where you think that the seeds would end up. And then yeah. therefore, you know that your neighbors have got them too. So Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and they, they take a lot of water as well. So, you know, they're yeah. going to suck the life out of everything around the soil. So you've yeah, got to be careful yeah. having too many exactly.
0: of them yeah that's why I like to have them in their own little space and I you know grow a few different varieties because that's another great thing about sunflowers too is there's so many awesome cool looking ones too that you know you don't normally think of you know most people think of the big bright you know you know sunflower the big ones but there's all sorts of varieties red ones little fluffy ones you know all sorts of them so yeah
1: the the little you can get the little teddy bear ones. The teddy
0: bears, yeah. Yeah, they're Those so are... cute. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <very lovely. laughs> yeah. So definitely I'll have to share some of my sunflowers with your grow along there for sure. Yeah. And also recently you did also launch a YouTube channel as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh well it's it's uh it's obviously a big change from holding your phone like that to like that. yeah so you know half the half the clips i have aren't suitable so it's uh yeah it's it's funny it's it's a whole new world youtube but i'm no i'm enjoying it i'm i'm trying to figure out
0: the opposite see i've been doing youtube that's kind of where i almost where i pretty much started (laughs) so i've always had the you know the sense of doing the the filming horizontally but I'm trying to venture more into shorts and, and doing that sort of thing where now I got to get used to propping the phone up or taking footage twice even so I can do it (laughs) this way and that way.
1: Yeah. It's so complicated, but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm just editing a a vlog this afternoon, actually, so hopefully have something up this evening, but yeah, no, it's all all fun. (laughs)
0: That's great. And what we'll have to do is put a link down below in our description too for your YouTube channel, as well as being able to follow yeah. you on Instagram at rachels.allotment there. Gonna make sure you put the period in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh awesome. It was really great to have you here on the show and talk about all of these great things going on. Um, especially uh having a doctor on the show. That's really great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations like on that bit. accomplishment. Yeah, well, you know, it's another thing that we say, and I think we talked a little bit too, just to, with uh, my previous guest on our uh, mark, you know, is that gardening is uh, always learning. You're always learning, and that's that's a great thing about it, you know, is, is that uh, even you know many many years into gardening that i have done there's just so many things i'm still learning and i feel like i'm a novice at too when it comes down to it but that's the great thing about it there's so many things to learn so many things to try you know gardening is just so rewarding when it comes to that yeah absolutely all right awesome well thanks again for joining with us here today thanks for taking the time absolutely it's great thank you so much and uh again go check out Rachel's channel. We'll put a link down in the description below as well as following her on Instagram. Again at rachels.allotment. Thanks again, Rachel. You have a great day or evening. Great? It's Bye. nighttime yeah. for you guys.
1: <laughs> time.
0: All right. All right. Everything's going along. Great. What an awesome conversation with Rachel from Rachel's allotment. So let's see, let's move on now to our channel of the week
4: hi it's the main well. Hi, my name is nathan hey guys what's up i'm rachel
0: this week for our channel of the week we have with us jason williams of cloud Gardener uk jason gardens on a balcony 18 floors up on his apartment building in manchester uk He is a multi-Royal Horticultural Society Award winning garden designer and is Garden Media Guild's Social Media Communicator of the Year winner. Jason has taken gardening to a whole new level. It's a pleasure to have him on the show with us. Let's welcome Jason, the cloud gardener. (laughs) Hi. Yes, awesome to have you on the show with us. When I first... Uh, thought of doing this show I would knew I've been following you now for a few years I think pretty much since you Mm -hmm. started doing that I don't know remember where I found it but I thought this guy is really taking balcony gardening to a whole nother level I mean you're 18 floors up in this building and I thought it was just the coolest thing because I got started in my whole vegetable and fruit you know growing experience With a cucumber I grew on a balcony in an apartment I lived in, it was only two floors up. But when I saw that you're way up on this building really taking it seriously and doing some great gardening I was like I gotta have this guy on my channel.
4: You know, I can't even uh, remember when you started to follow me. I think it was—it—it it really has been like a good couple of years. I think you're—you're—you've probably seen my journey from scratch all the way to where I am now.
0: So, yeah, thank
4: you for following me
0: back then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you have—you've been doing some really cool stuff. I think that's one of the great things about following you is seeing all these great things that you've been up to. You know, since you know, just starting your journey on your balcony, you're doing all sorts of stuff, garden designing. You're doing all these different shows and as i mentioned your royal horticultural society award-winning garden designer
4: <laughs> how about i still don't that? believe I mean, it <laughs> i
0: know how about that going from just growing some things on your balcony to you know having it really kind of just change your life and take you in this whole other direction right
4: 100 percent. and i think um you know I, i've only been gardening for two years so. Um, to have achieved so much in in the space of two years or so it, it's been incredible um, and you know it started off here on youtube so i created my youtube channel because here in the uk there wasn't much um there weren't many resources for balcony gardeners um, and i i suffered quite a lot of losses actually when i started gardening on my balcony um, and I tried, I tried doing what everybody was telling me to do, um, you know, going through the basics and how to grow everything. But it just, it just wasn't working in my space. And I decided to rip up the raw book and try and figure things out for myself. Um, and that's when I began to learn the difference between a ground level garden and, a, you know, a garden that's eighteen floors up. You've yeah. got things like the wind that you need to really battle with. Um, my balcony has glass railings. So the sun magnifies the heat, which can make my balcony 10 to 15 degrees warmer than it is on the ground level. So if you just think about like the amount of stress that my plants are cons- consistently going through, um, that's something that I have to manage on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and even things like pollinators and beneficial insects, you know how balcony gardening uh, can be so different because I don't have the same level of access that that you know ground level gardens do. so it it's turned from gardening to almost science in a way
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> and trying to manage the whole microclimate.
0: Yeah there's got yeah lots of different elements that are a bit different from what. You know what what a normal ground level garden would be and even most balcony gardens too like i said i was just on a second floor balcony of an apartment i lived in um you know growing my cucumber i didn't necessarily have to deal with much more difference than what it was at ground level you know wind and you know like you're saying and i can't imagine what it's like up on 18 you know 18 floors up that wind's got to be whipping pretty good at times 100%.
4: And, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, on a stormy day, it could just be your average day. Mm. Um, And when you live in the city, the tall buildings, they change the flow of the wind. Um, And so it could be perfectly fine and calm on the ground level, but on my balcony, you know, (laughs) it's like a storm. So um, it's really, really unpredictable. And I had to learn um learn to understand that there are going to be losses in my garden yeah. and be okay with it it still hurts but
0: <laughs> nobody <laughs> loves, nobody see. likes losing plants that's for sure
4: <laughs> no, so one time i i made a whole video about it on youtube actually but one time i had a whole greenhouse just we have like these these kind of portable mini uh, greenhouses and I had one on my balcony, and I had trays and trays and trays of seeds that I had sown. And I came out onto the balcony one day, and the and the, the greenhouse had been lifted and dragged halfway down the the balcony, and I lost all of my seeds, and I oh, no. I cried. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. heartbreaking. It was absolutely <laughs> devastating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's again too. It's one of those things I I I, I can definitely relate to because nobody loves or likes the idea of putting so much time into things or at least having that anticipation of what you're growing you know you start a seed you're you know you're thinking oh this is where this is going to go this is what i'm going to do you know and you're you're planning all of that out and then just to see it kind of go yes (laughs) (laughs) it can be really devastating so again, to, so you're up there. What are some of those things that, you know, over time you found that works really best for growing on your on your balcony garden?
4: So um, just for anyone who, who wants to start a balcony garden, just if they have a balcony, first thing I always recommend, and, and the first thing that I always do as a balcony garden designer, um, the first question is, uh, what is your weight limit? Because some balcony gardens are, Um, some balconies are clipped on here in the uk so they build the whole building and then the balcony gets like added on last my balcony is an extension of the flooring so it can hold the same amount of weight as my front room can so um that's like top tip number one but one of the things i've really had to learn in my garden um is Grow what my garden will allow me to grow, not what I want to grow, because the yeah. two things are really, really different. Um, and now, having a new career as a garden designer, this is one of the first things that that um, I have to have a conversation about with my clients, and I call it "Be for real."
0: Be for real. <laughs> I mean,
4: Be for real. So you know, just the other day, I I had a client, and they've had they had this roof terrace, and they wanted me to to design it, but they wanted it to look kind of similar to my show garden at Chelsea, and wanted it to be this massive floral perennial garden. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I can do that. Um, I I get there, and it's a north facing balcony. Oh, sorry, it's a north facing roof terrace that only gets sun up until twelve. PM, oh. and it's like mm, that's yeah. not going to work for you. So <laughs> <laughs> um, let's. So you go into this explanation and, and explain why this probably won't work, and then explain some options that we that I could provide. And you know, I had to create this garden, but I managed to incorporate color through the containers through some of the plants in the living wall that i created um but you know the, the beauty of that garden was the fact that it was 90 percent evergreen and i was like that's right. something that i can't do on my balcony because yeah. these plants would suffer but you know i've managed to create this wonderful living wall here that that has got lots and lots of color in it and it's going to work out perfectly for you and it will stay this color and you can use this garden all year round and yeah. so sometimes it's about troubleshooting and, and trying to shift people's mindsets and give them something that works
0: yeah and you know one of the other things that i find interesting that you talk about and again for being so high up there 18 floors up on a balcony is you know you're still dealing with pests when it comes to trying to take care of your plants. What are some of those issues you deal with that are maybe unique to the balcony garden or you know, similar to what you would find on the ground level as well?
4: Well, I think um, it's really important to go back to what I was uh, saying before about all of those um, difficulties I have with the sun and the wind and the stress yeah. that puts the plants under. Because yeah. what happens is, because my plants are consistently under stress, they're sending out the pheromones and the signals that attracts the aphids. And so what then happens is I can have an aphid infestation like that. They will just accelerate their their life cycle and start um, producing more and more. Um, And so the trouble is, is that I don't have as many beneficial insects Uh, or animals that would come and take care of those aphids for me. And I don't necessarily like spraying my garden with anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I've I've had to find new ways of dealing with it. And so sometimes it could be the case that I will introduce ladybirds and ladybird larvae into the garden to help take care of it. But I also had to learn to create... And um, So I had to learn to create an area that would attract hoverflies. And so okay. on, my, on my channel, I have a video about hoverflies. And I created my balcony fish pond.
0: Yes, I have a fish pond. <laughs> a fish pond. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I created the fish pond because I was hoping that the, um, that the hoverfly larvae would be aquatic, like normal, but my hoverflies don't do that. They lay eggs next to the aphid colonies and then the hoverfly larvae will eat the aphids. And (laughs) it's amazing to me. And so that got me thinking more about my space. So I then tend to plant flowers that I know are gonna attract hoverflies so that I have a constant supply of natural predators in my garden, but that has to be incorporated into the planting scheme so yeah it's uh it's it's very
0: unique yeah and unique in a sense of uh you know how you're able to handle that in that space that you're growing in but then again also as you said i mean aphids i mean you're 18 floors up and you're still getting aphids you know so those things will find themselves anywhere and almost everywhere you know so you have to do and take some of those similar strategies like you said introducing other predators into your garden space in order to take care of them too because uh aphids could uh, start overrunning things before you know it
4: yeah and and you know so my last video uh one of my last videos i really had to make a tough decision and um i have to hold my hands up and i did have to do a, a little bit of a spray on the garden and it's not something that i advocate but I know that garden so well now that if I had allowed that to happen before my seedlings, before anything had come up, I wouldn't have a garden. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, it was a real, it was a real moment for me. However, um, now uh, the garden is kind of, it's balanced back out again. And I think this is one of the things, again, as, as a balcony gardener that you really have to, uh look look at is the fact that you're really balancing an ecosystem and sometimes you, you have to take steps that you really don't want to do just to just to keep that balance for example i have slugs on my garden as well even though i'm 18 floors up again too they, yeah <laughs> oh, it's so annoying <laughs> oh. but you know your normal way of dealing with slugs is you know hoping that hedgehogs or frogs or toes or or birds are going to come and eat these these slugs but again, I don't have any of those in my garden, so yeah. I have to once again step in because they multiply really, really quickly. Yeah. So you know, I will go and collect them up in a little box, and I'll take them down to the river, um, and I'll, I release them elsewhere. But it, it's a constant battle, and just like most gardeners, it feels like okay, I may have just sorted out the aphid situation. I've got some more hoverflies in the garden, and then I take a look down the end of the garden, and then there's a slug a slug party and you're like oh, <laughs> give me a break
0: yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of late night hunting with a little you get a little flashlight on yes. your you do a little headlight and
4: go Honestly, out in the night time i had to do that hunting vine weevils uh, a couple of weeks ago and they are one of the most devastating creatures on, on that balcony garden this is my first year dealing with them and um I had to go through every single one of my containers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Oh my. Well, that's great. Like I said, uh, everybody needs to go check out your channel and check out what you grow there too. I think it's just really wonderful and unique and all of that that you do. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, your, you know, again, to Royal Horticultural Society Mm -hmm. award winner. Let's talk about doing shows and how you, how did you uh, you know end up doing that i mean you go from making your own garden obviously you're learning things and all of that but next thing you know you're venturing out to show and and do garden designing and all of that
4: well so um i i attended the rhs flower show called chelsea uh, in september 2021 just as a as a guest and um It was the first year that they ever had a balcony garden container section. And that was really, really amazing. Um, But I I wanted to create a garden that could, um, that was realistic and that looked like mine. So I went back to home after being at Chelsea and I I had to do a little bit of thinking (laughs) And I decided to, to enter in and um, put in put in my own application, and it actually was um, it, it was a replica of my very own garden. So I managed to include lots of things like um, my rose arches, my pond, um, and just elements like that. And, and the idea behind this garden was to show that. Even if you don't have lots of space, even if you don't have lots of money, if you just put things together in a really nice way, you can have a really amazing space. Um, And for me personally, uh, as a renter, it was really important for me to show other renters that they are able to create a, a garden, even if the home is not technically theirs. And it's funny because I did a talk for the Garden Conservancy uh, a few months ago, and there's a real difference between what renters can do in the US to the UK. So if you rent a home in the UK, you are not allowed to make any form of changes to your garden or inside of the house unless you have specific um, instructions from the landlord that you can do so. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it often feels like you're, you know that you're renting, but it feels like you're really in somebody else's home. So yeah. sometimes you can be really reluctant to start gardening or, or to start doing things. And so I think that's probably where my channels and where my social media content has be- become kind of successful in a way. It's because I'm showing people who are renters that, well, if you can't touch your garden, if you can't touch the walls, if you can't do anything, you can at least use containers and
0: still have a garden yeah that's one of the things i really love about what you do and your channel and all that because that's also kind of my emphasis and what i do here on the urban gardener channel is to talk about utilizing small spaces and showing people that you can do all sorts of different things to take advantage of the sort of areas that you might have and i'm a renter as well too um i have you know for the most part been able to do you know what i want around the around the different garden spaces that i have i have had one instance though too where the ownership of this place actually the previous owner i've got a new owner now but the previous owner was like oh no we're not good with that. You got to take that down type of thing. I had a, <laughs> I had a bunch of uh, containers up on a carport rooftop growing peppers. So I had like a pepper garden yeah. up on this carport rooftop. And the previous owners weren't really into that whole idea. I'm now working my new owner to see if I can't get that back up there <laughs> now. But, <laughs> there are a few limitations you know when it comes to that when you're renting and all of that. but you know like you said, when it comes down to it, you can utilize containers in so many ways. And I've found that there's you know there's not really anything. I mean there's some limitations. I can't really grow corn for say, you know out of a container you know there's there's some things. there's some limitations, but for the most part you can grow most anything out of even just a five gallon bucket. You know, it's one yeah. of the things we use on my channel. Um, you can build up easily, you know, some elevated beds, you know, if you want, you know, that sort of thing, or, uh, you know, put in some water features like you've done on your balcony too. you know, put a pond in a little space or something to be able to, uh, you know, diversify what you're doing in, in your space and all of that. And, and that's really great because I think that, you know, it's important. For people to understand that uh, you know even if you do have those small spaces you can grow you can garden and there's so many benefits to growing and gardening that you know you might as well take advantage of it if you can
4: i agree 100 and um you know once i started my youtube channel i then began to share uh how my mental health was improved by mm-hmm. having my my garden and so, you know, I've been really honest on all of my platforms, um, on you know Instagram, TikTok, whatever whichever platform it is that, that I'm posting on. Um, I share my, I've shared my journey with um, anxiety and depression, and, and how that can be such a crazy place to be. But then going out into the garden is really calming, and it's like a time of reflection, um, and the the difficult part for me now is when i go out into the garden i'm normally having to set up a tripod and film and do a whole load of things and it's it's sad but it's becoming at work
0: yes <laughs> and that's not what
4: my garden was intended to be yeah. and i'm really really grateful to my to the audience who follow me because i've been really honest with that um and so uh when i'm really going through stuff I don't post. Um, yeah. I'm not one of those uh, people who follows the rules where you have to post on social media every day on Instagram, yeah. for example, to grow your channel. Or, you know, with YouTube, they say you have to po- post every week. No, I just post when I can. Um, yeah. And I think not having to have that pressure has allowed me to really begin to re enjoy my space again. Um, so if there are any content creators who are watching who feel the same, listen,
2: <laughs> put yourself yeah. first
4: sometimes because that's, that's what helps you to create the best content. So otherwise yeah. you get into this content burnout
0: and you feel like you're just
4: chugging out this content and um, and then it becomes inauthentic because you're not happy.
0: Yeah, it can definitely happen, and uh, it's one of the things I've had to learn to do, too. I've been, you know, making videos and uh, running my channel now for a bit over six years now, and early on, I was just trying to chase every bit of footage, every bit of things I could film and share and all of that, but what I learned was that, you know, I'd have to take days even though i would like to film some things i just have to take those days and leave the camera indoors and spend those days out in the garden myself because one of the big things is very similar you know we have a similar story when it comes to that sort of stuff you know i found that uh gardening through you know stresses and you know again anxiety depression all those sort of things i think a lot of us deal with and uh i found you know when i was gardening that i found so much relief in that and yeah. um, and i think it's really important like you said just to be able to take some me time you know you time in the garden and if you're you know a creator to do that as well it's even more important because it is it can be work when you're trying to plan out film and do all that sort of stuff but again it's really rewarding too i mean i love I, I love being able to share what i do with other people and all of that as well too you know and i think it's really great uh, to be able to have the channel i have have the audience i have watching what i'm doing you know so it's important to me to be able to get out and share that as well too but yeah you got to take some time for yourself
4: 100 and and you know I feel like if I if I wasn't doing that, then I would be doing the people who watch my content a, a disservice because um, it's like I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. So, you know, I hope sometimes by showing people that, hold on, I'm taking a step back. Like for instance, I, I posted something recently because I have a balcony pond that, that is now live on my website that people can, can order. But other than that, I don't think I've posted anything in, in a week or two, and yeah. I just needed a break. And I think you know, I'll, I'll be coming back to, to content creating next week. Now I'm feeling a little bit more refreshed, but I, I have to keep in mind that I'm working so that I can encourage other people to create these spaces because it's my intent that hopefully there could be somebody else in a different city who had no idea that they could garden on a balcony they give it a yeah. go and all of a sudden they then realize the therapeutic um yeah. benefit so i feel like i have to be at the top of my game so, and in order to do that sometimes i do need to take a step back
0: yeah yep you got to do what you got to do to keep keep your uh, own mental health in a positive place you know it's really important for all of us uh again i, I like mentioning too I, I did an interview with the author. Uh, Karen Hughes, she she wrote a book called Leaf Your Troubles Behind, and I really always recommend that to people, too, who, you know, who utilize gardening for stress management and all of that, too, because, again, it's it's probably one of the uh, biggest benefits of gardening is, you know, that aspect of it. And then you get food, you get flowers, you get, you know, a a really nice space to look at, you know, as well, too. But what we get out of it for ourselves is really important. Well, I really want to thank you, though, too, for joining with us today on Let's Get Growing and sharing all of that with us and sharing your gardening with us, too. Jason, um, really awesome to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, yes and uh again go and check out jason's youtube channel we've got a link down below in the description there cloud gardener uk and uh catch up with what he's got growing on there up on 18 floors on a really cool building balcony garden awesome Cheers. thank you cheers all right all right another great conversation with another great gardener again like i said i've been following him since he first got it started doing that just thought it was so unique you don't see very many balcony gardens that are just so high up in a building like that and to be able to see what he's done and where he's taken that garden another thing that's similar to my story is you know starting with a garden starting doing that and then you know moving into content creation and, uh, sharing that sort of thing with everybody and seeing where it takes us in life, you know, and he's on a whole nother path in his life and, uh, you know, really positive and awesome, you know, being able to go and do all of those, uh, horticultural shows, doing garden designs, helping other people, you know, grow their own gardens in small spaces as well. It's just really, really awesome. So, all right, let's catch up with our question of the week what do you like most about organic gardening? All right. Yeah. I myself really like, uh, the fact that, you know, I'm getting, it was one of those things that as I first started gardening, you know, was learning about the different types of, uh, you know, fertilizers, you know, whether they're organic or they're, you know, um, you know, like, a man-made you know chemical type of situation and and uh just right off the bat that really kind of you know turned me off in a sense the idea that you know those sort of things and what they do in the garden to uh soil life and all of that you know that that's one of the more important things that i learned early on in gardening was you know being able to maintain you know really good soil and um And so to me, I think that's probably one of the things I like the most about organic gardening is that diversity that you get in soil managing, you know, really good soil, because then you start to see those really, really good benefits that come in your garden through all of the, you know, all of the things that you get to harvest and all of the fruits and vegetables and everything just thrive a lot better when you're maintaining your garden in an organic fashion in order to really, you know, you know, populate that soil life inside your soil in order to make sure that you're getting the best and i find that you know uh plants and you know you see some things that are done with you know chemical fertilizers and you can see some really great things people show these really cool stuff but you know i find that you get the best ultimately out of just maintaining a good clean organic garden so that's what i like the best about it Let's check in and see what we got here. We've got Jay says, I love that I can use local and free resources to create a garden with safe resources. Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, another thing too, you know, there's a lot that we can do, you know, in, you know, you know, making composts, you know, whether we're getting them from, you know, someone else at another place, or we're you know making our own compost you know those are things again too that go into uh creating a a really great soil structure that's going to give you the best out of uh, your plants let's see here we had some that uh got here from laura laura was our guest last week laura uh, was it uh, my serene garden on uh, Instagram. She says, knowing that my food is free from pesticides and GMOs that are deemed safe for our consumption. Yep. Yep. Organic gardening is the best when it comes to, you know, what you're getting out of your garden too. You know that it's, you know, just natural and safe. If you're not using all of that other sort of, uh, you know, chemicals and things in your garden. And uh, so we got uh, Julia Mayhew says, peace of mind for my food, feeling more connected to my tiny ecosystem over time and how to best work with it. Yes. And then we've got our friend and viewer, Nancy Hood says, I love the pure taste of the food. Store-bought often has hints of pesticides, no matter how well you wash them. Yeah. Yeah. See, another great benefit of growing your own food out of your own garden is you can avoid all of that stuff in the uh, food, the produce section of your grocery stores. And ultimately, you're getting better tasting food when it comes down to it. And then produce our producer, Michelle uh, says, I love that my kids can go in the garden and eat whatever they want straight from the garden. I enjoy watching them pull up a carrot wipe the soil off on their jeans and eat it yep so if you're not growing with all of that sort of you know all those sort of uh, other you know chemical inputs and all those sort of things then you again you know what you're getting is safe especially for your kids and our other producer asia says i'm really frugal when it comes to gardening so i really enjoy the fact that i don't spend a ton of money on fertilizers and pesticides yeah if you're not if you're not using those sort of things you're not spending the money on it right And that's, you know, it's great to be able to, again, look at the economy of your garden, too, when you're thinking about organic gardening and you're creating and working with those natural inputs and those sort of things. Then you're also, again, saving a bunch of money because gardening can get to be a little bit spendy. All right. All right. Now it's time to talk with our featured guest. This week's featured guest is Tony O'Neill of Simplified Gardening. Tony is a full-time firefighter and passionate gardener. Tony's love for nature and helping others become great gardeners is what drives him. Growing up, his grandfather instilled in him a love for gardening, and much of what he knows today was learned from him. Tony attended a horticultural college as a youth, providing him with a great foundation, but he believes that nature is the best teacher. Tony shares his gardening experiences on his YouTube channel, Simplify Gardening. He is also the author of the books, Your First Vegetable Garden and Composting Masterclass. Let's welcome Tony to the show. Hey, guys. Awesome. There we go. Tony O'Neill, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us on Let's Get Growing.
3: I'm good, Enoch. How are you doing, mate?
0: Doing really well, really well. Having a great show, having some great conversations with yeah, all the really, with all you really awesome gardeners over in the UK.
3: Yes, it's uh, it's it's a lot of good gardeners everywhere. To be honest with you, the gardening community is probably one of the best communities online. You know, people are more than willing to help each other and. Uh, you know, and pass on the knowledge to, so that new people can benefit from that and take that forward themselves, you know?
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's I, again, too one of the things that, uh, I find really awesome about gardening in the gardening community yeah. as a whole, it's worldwide. There's people everywhere enjoying the same sort of, you know, benefits and and uh of gardening that we all get to experience, you know, sort of like what we were talking with Jason with just a bit ago, you know, uh, you know, gardening. Bring you such a great peace of mind and all of that sort of stuff too. And and I, you know
3: You know, I talk about microclimates all the time, but 18 floors just didn't even come into my head you know what I mean (laughs) It's just like god and then you 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 know the fact that aphids get up there and stuff you think wow you know
0: isn't that something uh, mental I think again as I've followed him I think that's one of the things I've always found the most fascinating was how you know those sort of things that we're dealing with on the ground level you know are also very similar things that you can deal with when you're 18 floors up on a balcony and and again to aphids maybe i can kind of understand floating and around and yeah. getting around or something could land on you something. should be all right with carrots <laughs> yeah 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 for sure <laughs> yeah. but the slugs the slugs oh, take man. me by surprise how in the world do you get slugs i think you know floors? if you
3: if you're buying bagged potting soil um, and yeah. there's bound to be eggs and things in there you know and uh, yeah. and then you're just yeah. transporting it up in you you
0: know yeah probably with most of the things he deals with is probably that similar situation yeah. is that they're just catching a ride on your different implements or or plants or things like that that you're getting but still it's just i you know i can't imagine you know being on you know in that situation being on such a high level that you'd go out and find slugs eating up your stuff you know it's just they're yeah, bad enough fair. when you got them on ground level but we're quite
3: we're quite windy here but i can imagine you know 18 floors up is a totally different ball game like you know mm-hmm. so we're uh, trying to support tall plants then i think would be oh, a, yeah. a bit of a challenge
0: yeah, I've seen videos of his where he's shown the wind just whipping things around up there. And I'm like, oh, those poor plants. <laughs> but, you know, if that's your space, strap, that's what you got to strap them with. to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's so great. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. Full-time firefighter, Tony. Yeah. 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 How did you get into doing that?
3: Um you know, it was one of those things. It's funny, it, it, there's a bit of a story behind it. Originally, I wanted to be a firefighter, and um, yeah. uh, they weren't taking on at the time. So, um, I was working for a telecommunications company before that as a manager. And my assistant manager he turned around and said, Oh, I'm going into the police. Why don't you do that? So, I went through all of the uh, sign up process and like nearly a year's worth of intake sort of uh, interviews and quests that you have to do and everything else and I got given a date to go in the police and two days before the fire service phoned me saying we're taking on now do you want to go through our process so I was like all right Um, I need to uh, I need to take a bit of a break before I come into the police so uh, and then I went and done the fire service and, and got in there. And uh, the fire service in the UK is quite hard to get into. It um, when I applied, there was seventeen and a half thousand applicants for twenty jobs. Oh, so wow. um, yeah, it's very difficult to get in, and it's a a long, continual learning process once you're in. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. How how long have you been doing that now? Coming up to sixteen years. Sixteen years, right? Yeah. On so were you gardening so, before you got started doing all of that so
3: i've been gardening since i was seven so nearly 40 oh, years yeah well okay. more than 40 years now i'm 48 now i just turned 48 in march <laughs> so uh yeah it's so over 40 years now that i've been gardening. started with my grandfather and yeah. um he used to have an allotment so you guys know what that is now you spoke about it earlier yeah. and um it was on a hill, a really steep hill, and right at the top of the hill, he had a, a shed in there, and um, and he had terraced this hill off to, to grow things. And I can remember him sending me down from the top to the bottom to go and pick all the gooseberries off the bushes down there, and they weren't the thornless types, so I was coming back with spines in my hands and everything else <laughs> but you know those memories really stuck with me you know when yeah. planting seeds and stuff like that it's just something that really sort of stuck with me right through childhood
0: yeah yeah and you just kind of carry that on and and uh into your life um you so you said he had a kind of a terrace thing you you've done a similar thing as well too with your own space right so i'm quite i, quite, know, like...
3: I did when so i had a. Um, uh, where I used to live, I used to have a different garden and um, that was relatively flat and then we moved here uh, 11 years ago and but and I put my name down for the allotments which are literally 100 yards across the road so yeah. you know it's perfect for me um, but they only had a half plot and it was on a hill so I had to terrace all of that off so that I could put yeah. my fruit and everything else. And eventually, over time, I took on more and more land, but it was up on the top levels where it was where it's a lot flatter and um, eventually ended up taking up three full size plots up there. So I now have a growing space of 198 foot long by 80 foot wide. So it's, uh, you know, a fair size space. And then I gave the hilled area that was terraced back to the allotment to to reallocate to somebody else. So um, all of my plots now, so I've got three full-size plots of 198 Mm -hmm. feet by 27 feet, and they are all next to each other, so it's one big area.
0: Yeah, all of us here in the U.S. are uh, thankful you're using feet. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> I, I'm quite old school. I'm 48. So, <laughs> i I'm, I, do you know why it's funny? I get friends who will say to me, oh, you know, we'll talk about millimeters and meters and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. And I'm like, I'm not got to convert that now into feet and inches because I'm, I, I it's just something I've always been like. And uh, funny enough, in my first book, I had a few people from the UK pulling me because I was talking stuff in feet and there was a conversion <laughs> table in the back. Um, right. That's what, and that's why there's two versions of the new book because um, I just couldn't be dealing with all of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so now you, so do you just garden on an allotment, or do you have your own spaces around your home? So
3: this room is my studio. It's built. Uh, in a double garage. So I've taken over half the garage as a studio. And um, I, excuse the messenger, but uh, mm-hmm. as you can see there, I have plants. Oh,
0: there you go.
3: Everywhere, uh, all up here. So I've got a lot of, um, where am I? A lot of um, indoor plants that, that are down here with me. i uh, got some in the house, but this mainly down here because uh, my brown-thumbed wife would... Uh, <laughs> quickly put them to death <laughs> with too much watering or something so uh but so so down here i've got a, quite a lot of tropical plants and stuff like that and i heat just the area down here then you know
0: awesome that's great too i love i love the indoor gardening as well too as you can see house plants yeah, so, are kind of my first first kind of growing obsession from when i was a kid it wasn't yeah. until later when i was an adult you know you know just 12 13 years ago that i started actually growing you know fruits and vegetables and things i've always always grown how indoor house plants though
3: and for me it it was sort of vice versa you know it was i started in the allotment with my grandfather um but then of course the house plants and things um sort of snuck in the back door you know and um whereas like the youtube channel is all about vegetable gardening and stuff at the moment Uh, eventually I will create it to be about these sort of things as well but the website is about all forms of gardening and I want the YouTube channel to be more like that so eventually I will break out of just the vegetable stuff but you know what it's like when you've built yourself a niche for like 12 years I've been on Mm -hmm. YouTube since 2007 so you know when you when you've built a specific niche it's very hard to sort of break into another one unless you start another channel and I haven't got time for that you know what I mean
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like what uh Jace and I were talking about a little bit too, is that you know, you get into you know doing channels, creating content, you know, no matter what genre of content you're creating, it's it's work when it comes down yeah, to huge it. You know. I you think know.
3: the like the average person who will just come and subscribe and um, and view and everything else, uh I think they don't really understand the amount of work that goes into making an eight minute video to them is eight minutes. And, and, yeah. and you know what it's like on YouTube these days, everybody's attention's like a goldfish. So it's like they'll watch like <laughs> two or three minutes of that eight minute video. Yeah. And they don't realize that's taken a week to produce, you know? Yeah. So, so it's like huge amount. It's, again, we're live, you know, there's so much that goes on just, just to arrange it, just to be able to press play, you know, it's, yeah. um, it's huge amounts of work
0: yeah yeah that's yeah again too it, it like you said it doesn't matter whether you're producing a video outdoors you know arranging your cameras getting the right type of footage and then taking it all and editing it down into that video that you know covers everything that you want to cover you know that's yeah. quite a bit of work when it's put into it or if you're doing something live like we're doing here you know there's arranging all sorts of and all that stuff yeah like that. The emails and the you know you got to set up the all of those screens for I everything.
3: Mean, yeah, I know it's it's uh it's it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And we we do it because mm-hmm. we love to do it. So that's right. That's the main thing.
0: Yeah, that is that is the truth about it too. You know, all of the work I have put into all the videos, I still find that really cool like feeling I get when I finally load that video up. You know whether it's only the this many people who get to see it or it's a bunch more you know it doesn't really matter to me you know the viewership in a sense i love that reward of you know just clicking upload you know and then seeing it go live on my channel and that new thumbnail that shows up on the on the page you know just something i just love every time it makes all the work worth it i i
3: you know as creators we don't realize the impact that the videos have on people and um, mm-hmm. I went to my brother's wedding a couple of weeks ago. And while I was there, uh, he'd invited down um, a couple and their son from Sheffield. I think it was up that way somewhere. And yeah. um, uh, I'd never met them before. Um, but I, I had this little boy who was about 8 or 9 come over to me. His name's Connor. And he gave me mm-hmm. a drawing of me in my garden. And oh, I yeah, that he was subscribed to me. And that's awesome. It just happened to be, you know, at my brother's wedding, but he was subscribed to me. I'd never met them before. And, yeah. um, and he'd come up and give me this drawing and, and, and what have you. So, of course, you know, I've sent him a copy of my book. Now and they send him pictures of them in the garden and stuff. So, you know, it's those sort of things that you don't realize the, uh, you know, the effects, um, mm-hmm. of how it helps people and things like that you know we, it's until yeah. those things happen that uh, you realize then oh hang on this is making a difference
0: yes absolutely i love getting those sort of comments from people and that feedback from people i'll yeah. share a similar story uh, in a sense too i was at uh the last national heirloom exposition here in the united states um Uh, baker creek heirloom seed company puts this on each year it's just a really great event and lots of you know garden creators come out to this event and uh so it's a chance for a lot of people who watch the different channels to come out and meet people who you know who are making videos in fact that's what originally i went there to go see uh john kohler someone i follow for a long time yeah and uh yeah and I was out hanging out with uh, our first guest of the show, uh, Wendy fan. She was there doing a talk and uh, we were just standing there talking with each other. And this lady walks up to us and she first recognizes Wendy and she's like, Oh, you're Wendy, you know? And, and they started talking and then she just kind of looks over and she looks at me and she goes, and, and you're the urban gardener in a complete English accent too and and yeah, tells yeah. us that she flew over from england her and her husband had something they were doing on the east coast but she had to go to the heirloom expo so she flew herself over just to go to that go to that event but she she knew me from you know watching my channel over in england yeah. there and i was just it's blown crazy. away i was like yeah. what you you know who i am she's like yeah i've seen wait, your videos. video wait back along. to
3: um... We've had to stop shopping at um as does is, is um in the UK years uh, supermarkets is part of the Walmart brand, okay. Um we've had to stop shopping in one of them because there's like so many people up there that watch the channel and like me and the <laughs> wife will go shopping. We it's like it doubles the time it takes us to shop. So we've had to use a different one. It's um it's crazy. Um yeah. another thing, we were um I, I went to a fire call now, I'm a watch manager, so I think this is equivalent rank for firefighters in your country's captain, so, okay. um, and um, we are uh, at this fire, it just happened to be a garage on fire, and um, so I'm there, you know, directing my crew with what I need them to do, and uh, this guy whose house, or whose garage is burning down, he comes up to me, he says, Oh, you're totally off the internet. I'm like, so he's more more interested <laughs> in talking to me, and his garage <laughs> is burning down by the side oh of him. My. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> and it's just really weird. It, it, it takes you by shock sometimes, you know, because you just sometimes you're in that position, you're like not expecting it, And you're like, oh, hey, mm. like you know, it just takes yeah. you like by shock, and you you know, but it it is nice. We have a similar thing coming up uh, called Malvin Autumn Show. Um, And that's um, up in the Malvern Hills in the mid of Wales, Uh, sorry, in the mid of England. And um, uh, so I'll be going to that in May and that's where a lot of creators will meet up as well. there. So um, that happens twice a year. So um, I'll be there in May now this year.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different, you know, when you're getting that other side of the experience, you know, especially for me when that happened, you know, I'd gone, like I said, I went to my first heirloom expo with the intent of going to meet up with John Kohler. I'd been watching his videos for years, you know, so, you know, in a similar sense, I'm walking up to him like, Hey, you know, it's really great to see, you You know, like almost kind of like a fan, you know, in a sense. And, and uh it's really different to be able to get that myself i've had a few experiences similar as well and and it's really probably one of the really cool rewards of being to it's very humbling as well yes you
3: know um because it it, you know uh, to me i'm just me who guns you know Mm -hmm. and and these people come out coming up to you and you know they're talking to you so highly you know anything yeah like stop now like do you know what I mean (laughs) you just don't know where to put yourself sometimes yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly I feel the same way I'm just this regular gardener you know and in in a sense too for me a lot of what i do comes from you know past experience in photography in journalism yeah. and those sort of things you know the garden was just became kind of a an avenue for me to right. you know kind of expand on those sort of uh, past experiences so you know i've never really saw myself as this real expert gardener or anything like that i just wanted to kind of share what i call the garden adventure you know with everybody and all of that but yeah. you, you know you start hearing feedback from people and, and you know, really enjoying the fact that you're sharing that stuff and being able to help them, you know, understand again, like, I, I do a lot of small space gardening, I, you know, I like to, you know, push the idea that, you know, you can grow almost anywhere, you know, yeah, and get that gardening true. experience. And to be able to hear back from people who, uh, you know, who are taking on some of that advice and finding that reward of gardening, you know, is is probably one of the best parts of doing all of this work, as we say. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. Awesome, awesome. So again, so you, again, you're probably one of those uh original gardeners that i started watching way back in the day when i was first starting my garden in fact you were pretty much getting started with your channel when i was starting to look up videos on how to do different things you know as my you know garden passion was growing and i wanted to grow more things you know i start looking up all the different things and of course found your channel years and years ago um what ultimately pushed you to actually you know take your garden experience to you know creating videos and creating this channel so um
3: back in 2007 uh, I, I i was filming videos then so if you were back in right to the very first video of the channel now that was made in two th- early 2012 but i was actually putting videos online in 2007 literally like the same month that Google took over YouTube. A lot of people don't realize Google um, YouTube started as a dating video platform. right? Yeah. And, then, and then Google went and bought it in 2007. And that's when I actually set myself an account up. And what I was doing was I was storing video footage on there from what I was doing in the garden and using it as a video diary. Because back then, you know, memory cards were really expensive. I was skint and, you know, so uh, I just couldn't afford to to store them yeah. and the, the video quality was dreadful. I didn't, you know, it it was just for me, do you know what I mean? But yeah. because I wasn't worrying about what I was doing, I was just putting these videos up because they were just for me. Um, over years then, you know, over the next four, four or five years, sort of YouTube changed their algorithms, you know, instead of like having – Really, sort of skankly clad ladies running around the screen because that it you know, had a period of that. It it then started to push videos up to people, and this is when the early algorithm kicked in. And I noticed that I was starting to gain subscribers. And um, so, in early two thousand twelve, I decided, right, okay, I'm going to scrap everything that's on the channel and start actually making videos that are going to help these people rather than um, just for myself. Yeah, And that's where it all started from, really. And um, it took me six and a half years to get my first thousand subscribers. Mm. <laughs> so when people come to me now going, God, my yeah. channel's not, you know, it's just not <laughs> growing. And I'm like, how long yeah. have you been going? Four weeks. And I'm like, six and a half years to get a thousand subscribers. And they just don't know the, the, the challenges we had back then, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, um, but like I said, it was never to, to grow up. That channel, of course, then it sort of went on to like you know 5,000 and 10,000, and it just grew to what it is now. And um, but it, you know, it's just something that I just wanted to be able to help people with what I knew, you know, and 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 YouTube give me the platform that was free um, that I could do mm-hmm. that on. And um, so that's where we came from,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, you get you get the status of being one of the original YouTube gardeners out there, helping yeah. people early on, like myself, to grow their gardens and to you know learn more about gardening and all of that. It's just a uh, really great. Again, one of the you know big reasons why when I you know I started this whole show idea was like you know, if, you know I, I had a list of people i wanted to have on the show and you were at the top of that list as far as as far as people that i wanted to make sure that i got to interview and talk with because uh, of your early influence on me and my garden as well too all right let's dig into the garden real quick let's talk about some of those things that you really enjoy gardening and growing do uh, you have any sort of favorites or certain things that you really it like growing? Potatoes, it? Has yeah, to be potatoes,
3: doesn't it? Has to be potatoes. I was going to say it's got to be
0: the potatoes, yeah. which is great um, because that really you know sings to my heart as well too. Because I love container potato growing. I do it every year. You know whether it, you know I, I get so, successes um, or not. I always go back to it.
3: So I've been growing uh potatoes in containers since 2000 end of 2012. That was the first year of 2012. And it was really weird, because we'd had a a really dry year, Uh, it it rained and snowed a lot. So we had a late start to the year firstly, I mean, we had snow, like in 2012, it was like, June, something we had snow, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then that went and, you know, the summer came and, and then um, I got taken ill. I'd had an accident in work and it was quite ill so the, the potatoes didn't get water and i had a fantastic crop it was brilliant wow. they were a, li- a little bit shaded in my old garden but um you know the crop done really well and um, so that sort of sold me on container gardening as far as potatoes go but it wasn't just like having these potatoes grown it was the fact that, you you know and like tomatoes and, and you know, other fruits and things that grow above the ground, you don't get to see what you're pulling until that last minute. Mm-hmm. And just to sort of uncover that soil there and pulling out these big, huge jewels, you know, it's um, mm-hmm. it's so exciting. And the kids love doing it as well. They love harvesting. Half the time, I have to say, right, stop now, I need to make a video. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> because they're, they're emptying containers into a wheelbarrow mm-hmm. and, you know, I, well, wait, now I need some, like... You know, <laughs> so yes. but it's it's nice that they you know they've grown up around the garden you know they uh, like they, there's videos from them you know passing mm. me like bags of things like nippers and um, yeah. you know and it's nice to get them up in the garden it's a bit harder now all they want to do now is go up with their mates now like they're 13 and you know nearly 13 and 14 you know so um so it's a bit harder to get them up there now but uh every now and then uh caitlin will come up and she'll like wait oh, that i want to help today oh, okay <laughs> you know yes so, uh,
0: that's awesome nothing like getting the kids in the garden to enjoy yeah. that experience and get that we talk a lot about that on the show again on potatoes though i think you know they're the real like christmas present of you know vegetable and things that we grow in our garden because like you said i I, and this is the thing that kind of fascinates me even more and i and whether i ask again like i have a success or not i always find myself growing more the next year and you know i'll get these big beautiful potato plants just look awesome You know, I'm thinking the whole time I'm growing them. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be a great year. These potatoes are going to be awesome. And then you get in there and find these little potatoes, these little tiny little things, and barely anything out of it.
3: That's a big issue with people who feed a lot of nitrogen to the soil Mm -hmm. because it produces all this foliage, and and then that's Mm -hmm. at the cost of the tuber formation. And um, I did an experiment last year because in the UK now they're banning peat. So by 2024, there's no peat. So they're all selling now um, peat-free composts, but they are absolutely rubbish. And the problem is with them is these companies still haven't been able to find alternatives other than Koya uh, to be able to bulk out these composts. So it's like loads of green waste and everything going in. And the problem is they've absolutely packed with nitrogen. And I did a video last year um, showing like, this um you know the potato homes were like taller than me you know i'm standing in amongst them and i'm going i'm going to have a really rubbish crop this year and i did it and it's the first year ever that i've had a bad year on potatoes and um uh, don't get me wrong i grew enough just to just to see us through the year um but normally we have you know surplus that I can give to some of the firefighters at work or to parents, my brother, wherever you know. Um, yeah. I couldn't do that this year; we just didn't have it, and and that was all down based to, to the uh, peat-free compost. But it was just so much nitrogen in it because it's all green waste compost.
0: Oh yeah, so yeah, that ensures definitely one of the issues I've dealt with too before, as far as overabundance of nitrogen and and uh you know getting the smaller potatoes and big plants but uh, again like i said i enjoy growing them so much you know that you know each year mm-hmm. i find myself going back to it and i actually had a pretty good year last year ended up with some nice good size ones too you know like you said yeah. it's nothing like pulling out a big fat potato out of out of a container for sure so is there anything in your garden that you find to be a challenge or things that you don't really grow anymore because they are a challenge so uh
3: sweet potatoes are a challenge here in the uk and i love to grow them i've got videos in fact i have got a load of sweet potato slips down there that are dying because i haven't bothered water them because i've taken what i need so i'll just show you now they're just down there in the old Thing there, mm, yeah, but I've already taken what I needed off them, they're at the allotment now. Um, and I've just let them go, so that like uh, propagators all shut down now. I'll be cleaning it up. My home's in a mess at the moment. <laughs> this time of year, it gets in a right time of year, for sure. yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, so that'll end up being cleaned up now and, and I'll throw it, but um, and every year I still grow sweet potatoes and. You know, I'm not pulling out these huge monsters because we just don't get the heat. But this year I'm gonna actually plant them in the polytunnel and that hopefully will provide the heat that they require. The slips yeah. have been going well, you know, so they're a good, you know, good strong plant. And um they'll go in the ground and hopefully they'll they'll take off. And I've given the bed a really good sort of um uh, cow manure, so hopefully it'll be rich enough to to get them going. So hopefully this year will be the year for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anything that you just don't grow anymore?
3: Um, not really. I'll grow most things. Uh, there, there is like um, sort of specific chilies I won't grow, and mainly because we don't eat them. But I grow others. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, but um, every year I'll I'll find one thing. There was one plant, ochre, Um which we really liked. It was lem, you know, nice and lemony for uh, going into salads and things. But I, we didn't like them roasted. So, and we were looking for things that we could, you know, roast later on in the year. Um, yeah. so I don't tend to grow ochre anymore. But you know, every now and you know, every now and then I will get a few plants and I will grow them on and we'll just stick them in salads and stuff. But as a rule, I don't grow anymore
0: yeah okay all right excellent and um so let's dig into your books you uh have now written a couple of books you started with your um was it composting master class yeah. yeah yeah what inspired you to start writing books
3: um i think it a video is really good in that you can get a lot of information across the problem is, is getting enough information to somebody um, and keeping them on the platform long enough for them to go and view it all. Even like dedicated viewers, they don't tend to jump from video to video to video to video, even if it's an all in a playlist, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, life takes over. They've got to go and do something and then they forget. So I wanted, uh, you know, something that you know someone could get all of that information that they needed in one go and so that's where the, the idea of writing the book came from and the reason i'd done the composting masterclass first was because um the quality of soil really and, and the soil life is the foundation for all gardens and without that foundation it don't matter what house you build is going to fall down you know Um so i wanted to start with that first and um the book is quite an in-depth book and um, you know we talk about all sort of the microbiology in the soil and uh, the importance of making your own compost and how to actually make compost and understand the process so that if something's going wrong you can go ah right I need to do this in which to Mm -hmm. get it back on track you know Um, so that's why composting masterclass was written and then the your first vegetable garden um, which was This copy here was written, um, on the back of COVID and, uh, so many people were coming into gardening and what I was seeing was they didn't really, uh, understand how to actually set a garden up to benefit them and Mm -hmm. what they needed to be doing when they needed to be doing it. So that book went out to uh, a lot of pre-readers before it launched. And about a week before it launched, I had some feedback from a couple of people saying uh, and they they just happened to be it was written for a U.S. market because Composting Masterclass, 98 percent of the books were sold in the U.S. Right. So it was all and and a lot of my audience are U.S. based. So it was obvious that this book had to be written for the U.S., which is what I did. But then Mm -hmm. there was it went out to some uh, people who reviewed it in the UK weren't happy that they were conversion tables. So right. like the last week was like a mad rush to get a second version of the book out. So we had to literally go through all the book again um, change all of the measurements over from feet and inches to millimeters and meters and <laughs> all of the weights from pounds to kilograms. And, and, and so that even though they still have the conversion tables in the back of each book, they are two separate books. So the UK one yeah. has got um, a star on the front saying UK edition. Um, and and that's quite important because um, I did get a, a negative feedback on Amazon from someone who was subscribed to my channel. And I put a, a video out explaining all of this as well to make sure you get the right book and what have you. And he right. bought the US version and he complained that, you know, um, it was all in US measurements and that there was no UK (laughs) version. So I was like, that's scratching my head singing. And the thing is with Amazon, it doesn't give you any way to respond to these people, you know, because if, if I could have responded to them, like I said, look, there's a UK version, here's the, you know, here's the link to go and get it, return your other one, you know, you'd be happy, you you know, Um, but they don't give you that option. So like people can leave a, a review, but you can't reply. And, and, and I find that's really, Frustrating because if someone's got a problem, I want to sort it out. I don't want yeah. them going away thinking, you know, oh well, I feel like I've been duped. Here. Do you know what I mean, right? right. So, uh, so there's two versions of that book, and uh, if you're in the UK or in Europe, make sure you get the one with the star on the front.
0: So, yes, uh, definitely. So yeah, so that second book is called Your First Vegetable Garden. So, what are some of the you know quick pointers that you're? So
3: it's not there? written like you would probably think. A lot of people thought it would be like a basic guide. This book is three hundred oh, so, yeah. um, and forty pages. So, and and because okay. like a typical book is about fifty thousand words, and um, this book is a hundred and thirty thousand words. And the reason it's that big is because I want to include all the information in it and not cut it down. um but it's not written like a basic uh book would be like you know when when you think of maybe your first veg gar- vegetable garden you think it'd be basic it's not written like that it's written more like um, a step-by-step guide in setting up your garden talking about all of the structure in the garden how to set that out um you know preparing soil we going to you know compost and soils quite a bit in there and then from that sort of stage we talk about seed sowing, you know, uh the containers that we would use and why we'd use those and this, that, and the other. Then we talk about hardening off, planting out, you know, maintaining the crop throughout, you know, the year till harvesting and knowing when to harvest. And then um it goes on then to Seed collection because I believe that people need to collect their own seeds. Firstly, those seeds they're acclimatized to your area, so they, they know your soil and and they've acclimatized already, so they'll be much better for you. It'll save you money. And when we have a time of crisis like we had over the last few years, where you couldn't even buy seeds in the UK, um, I don't know what it was like. I know Bigger Creek was still selling some seeds, but um, you know, there was a shortage of everything. Yeah. Well. I had everything I needed because I collected it all myself, you know, Um, so it took them around that. And then the book then goes on, um, there are sections in the book about uh, what jobs you should be doing. So it's like a a month by month guide in there, Um, you know, and there's a big big thing on a breakdown for every, um, I think the easiest way to do it, like every uh, sort of section of the book has a specific plant, how to grow it, what it likes, what soil it likes, how much you like, you know, how much water it likes, when to feed it, how to feed it, yeah. uh, you know. So all of the vegetables are in there, all of um, the herbs are in there, uh, and some of the fruit is in there as well. So the you know, it's a big section on that, and uh, and then there's a big section towards the end, then on pest management and things like that. So it's a, you know, it's a book that's really all round, but it was written so that once you've uh, learnt and you've gone past your first year, it's still a resource that you can go back to year yeah. on year. It don't matter if you're one year in the garden or 10 years in the garden, it's going to have that information there that people are going to be able to go back to each time. And that's why it was written like, so some people might think it's a basic guide, but it isn't. And I think maybe I could have titled it a little bit better, but I wanted it, you know, uh, because there's a lot of step-by-step stuff in there when you first Mm -hmm. get started, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As I said too, you know, I've been gardening for many years, but there's still a lot of things that I'm learning and trying to figure out as well too. I do like the idea that in your book, you've got, you know, each of those plants and you're talking about those individually and what they need and all of that, as well as you like, you're talking about a month to month guide. That's probably one of the bigger you know questions you get out there when should I do, do I do this yeah yeah, yeah. when should i do it and what do i do with this in particular because yeah. that's something that they want to grow and all of that too. So and it's
3: just like one of them sort of resources that you can go back. Oh, what am I supposed to be doing this month? All oh, right, they're, they're, this is right. Okay, put that down. I can go out in the garden now and actually take some action. Because mm-hmm. you know, books are great, right? I, I'll give you an example of what my book collection is. Like I've got a ten down there. Right, I'm <laughs> always reading gardening books. Right, yeah. I should build a shelf in here for them, but um, and that's just some of them. Mrs. Goes mad every time I go out right I need that book, you know. And uh, I'm finding a lot the same way.
0: I got tons of them as well.
3: I'm finding Mm -hmm. a lot of the old Reader's Digest books at the moment at like flea markets and stuff. But you know, so to me, you know, a book should be something that doesn't just sit on a shelf that you can take and implement the information in the book in your garden. It's not something that's there to be. you know, you read it and go, okay, fine, that's that's that, and then go and do something else, you know, so that's what, how this book has been written. So maybe, you know, like I said, some people may have thought it was one thing when it's actually something else completely, you know, um, but it will take like someone who's never gardened before right the way through to the end of the year, having a fantastic harvest and being prepared for the following year.
0: All right, yes. Yep, I really recommend that book, though, too, to people. Like I said, it's got all that great information on, again, one of my probably favorite points as i mentioned is is those individual plant things i mean i think that's really helpful to people a lot of books are built just as a general guide and you're really getting in depth to certain things like you said you can keep going back on it you know say you're trying something new you know in a season that you haven't tried before and be able to get that sort of information so let's see here what do you got you got any future plans anything that you're looking to do are you are going to be writing any more books or so videos the, um, you're thinking about
3: yeah so the third book is already written um mm-hmm. and that one is like um the title is sort of finalized but i can't give it but it's about the science behind gardening okay mm-hmm. um that's with a publisher at the moment who is Uh, They've just sent me a a beautiful layout for it. It looks absolutely stunning. So um, these two books were self-published because I do want to produce courses based around these ideas um, eventually. But and because of that, I didn't want them to go through a, a normal publisher because they control the copyright. Yeah. Um, but this third book is actually going through a publisher. So the uh, cover phrase has been finalized, uh, the basic layout has all been finalized, the book is written, and that'll be coming out in 2024 at some point. I don't know that we haven't sort of confirmed any dates yet. Um, but that'll probably be my last book for a little while then. You know, I need to get on yeah. with making some courses and some other stuff.
0: Yeah, I bet you it takes just a lot of uh, effort and energy it's, to put them together. It's been
3: huge amounts, yeah. And and the problem is, while you're writing, uh, like this this book was being finalised while I was writing the other one. So it was like you know I, I had it coming from two different ways, and of right. course something has to give. I got a full time job, I got a family, I got the allotment, and uh, and I was <laughs> writing for my website as well. So. You know, something I had to give. And last year, YouTube gave a little bit. And uh, earlier on on the thing, you were talking about not making videos and, and, and stuff if you needed a break. I had uh, problems with vertigo and stuff, which is all dealt with now. I've had an operation and I've sorted that out. But um, while I was off with that and not being able to film, I was doing this sort of stuff. So I wasn't wasting time, if you like. But um, yeah. uh, But of course... It's hard once you've taken such a big break like I took to to sort of get back in the sort of gel of things like, you know, but um, Mm -hmm. but now I can concentrate getting back behind the camera because all the books are done and dusted now. Um, And like I said, I'm hoping to use the studio and the garden out to film some courses this year
0: yeah yeah you've definitely got a nice little setup there i like your little live on air sign there that you got so you're doing more live streams nowadays
3: yeah i've been doing a few live streams um i haven't done one for a couple of weeks like i said i've been busy just finalizing you know this book launch and and everything else but um uh, we will be dropping lives every week again um we've done them for most of well, pretty much every week in January, February, and March, and then when the book launched then I had to have a little bit of a break just to get that sorted out um and uh, we'll get back to it now this week and uh and get back on life uh, I didn't do one this week because I'm on here with you today, and I just didn't want to be <laughs> sort of like I having to. know yeah it, it's just you know it's easier just to just do this one
0: and then I'll do the live then for for next week and like so. Well, awesome, well, I really appreciate you uh you know, taking that time and and Baba. uh and uh coming on to our show. I appreciate and, you having me here yeah, it's it's awesome again, like I said, just one of my favorite gardeners, you know <laughs> you really helped me get started with all of the things that i you know that I'm doing and you know encouraging me with my potatoes each and every year. So, you know, it's been really great to have you here on our show. I really, really appreciate you again taking the time to be here with us.
3: And I've loved being here with you. It's been a great show.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, again, we'll have to have you back again sometime and talk more about gardening and gardening in the UK. And, um, again, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you again soon.
3: I will do. And you. Bye, guys.
0: All right. Thanks, Tony all right all right awesome awesome what great conversations there we had with all of our guests from the uk tony there in talking about his book and uh, all the different things that he's been doing with his channel and all that over the years just a real wealth of knowledge on gardening and all of that and uh, like i said really it's helped me out with all of the different things that i was learning early on with uh growing my garden and then really awesome to have jason williams joining with us from uh, cloud gardner uk also another uh, another channel that i just really fascinated with because of the fact that i started my gardening on a balcony in an apartment but to see someone doing things at the level that he's doing i mean uh, when i say level 18 floors up on a building and creating really great gardens and passing that information along too you know again one of the great things that we get to do as content creators is to be able to create things that other gardeners can rel- to and be able to implement and work on themselves and uh and be able to grow you know growing in small spaces and uh, you know we can all have some sort of space that we can grow and garden in and there's so many benefits that come along with gardening so really encourage you to you know uh, take some advice from different people that we have here on our show we also had with us the dr rachel Greenhill newly uh new phd in plant biology you know really great to be able to talk with her and talk about allotment gardening and all of that sort of stuff as well too so lots lots of great gardening conversations here on our show this week and uh every week too as i mentioned at the beginning of the show this is actually we're finishing up our 10th show so how about that 10 shows And we've had again so many great guests with us over these last uh, 10 weeks, and we're going to be continuing that on into our summer season as we'll get started with those shows on may 20th we'll be bringing you lots lots more guests like uh we talked about uh one of my first and favorite gardeners john kohler we should be having him on the show for our summer season as well as a couple of other really great gardeners um someone i've really been wanting to talk to uh does um micro farming down in los angeles and so again lots of really great things Great conversations for our channel coming up. So I hope that you come back and join with us on May 20th as we kick in our summer season. But between then, we're going to be here still live each Saturday at 11 over the next two weeks. We'll do more of a one-on-one gardening conversation next week. And then on the 13th, I'm going to have joining with us my good friend, Christopher Bransdahl, gardening out of Norway and uh, our other friend Kang Star from the Pepper Lovers community will be joining with us. We'll have kind of a three-way conversation on all the different things that we have gardening in our different areas. Uh, Kang's from Texas. Chris from Norway and us from here on the west coast in Oregon so we have all sorts of different fun gardening topics to be able to cover in those conversations as well so be sure to keep joining with us here each Saturday 11am Pacific Standard Time and um, also one of the things that you can do to help support our show is to support our sponsor, Ivy Organics, at ivorganics.com has some really great um, products there from their three-in-one plant guard to some fertilizers and things like that that they have that are really awesome. So I encourage you to go check out that and be sure to use our promo code GROW10, G-R-W-O-W-10. And you get 10% off on all the products that they have in their store. So be sure to go check out ivyorganics.com. We'll have links down below in the comments section there. And um again, we'll see you all. Oh, actually, be sure again, give us a big thumbs up too. We had some really great guests. So give a thumbs up for all of the really awesome guests that we have. And um Be sure to also subscribe to our channel. Follow along with all of the garden adventures here. I've got some more garden journals and things coming out this uh coming week showing you all the different things that we've got growing in fact our last garden journal i went and took you out to uh my space that i have over at my friend's place where we've got these big 20 by 40 foot uh garden plots out in his front yard our uh, little micro farm project that we're uh, taking into our second year so uh, be sure to go and check out those garden journals as well too on our homepage for the channel so From all of us here at Let's Get Growing, I hope you have a great week. Happy gardening. We'll see you all next Saturday.